Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every 100 days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Well, Kimberly, namaste, Murgatroyd. <laughs> Hi. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You've become a um, a, a walking, living Barbie, Malibu Barbie, namaste yoga doll. Are you aware of this? Oh my God. Oh, so the other day I was in uh, Target with uh, Sophia and we saw this doll that was so funny because it was basically you. It's like an American girl doll style. I'm the American doll? Yeah, basically. Girl. You're the American girl. It's an it's like a big doll, you know? It's not like a Barbie. It's not like Ken. It's like an American girl doll like size. And it's a little boy with shaggy hair holding a surfboard. And it made me laugh. And then I looked one row down and there was meditation Barbie. And she has a necklace on, a crystal necklace. I can't make this shit up. And only in California. And if you press crystal necklace, she does five different guided meditations. Okay, but there's no crystal meth doll, right? No. Well, okay. I thought that's literally what you were about to say was crystal no. meth Barbie. No, not crystal meth Barbie. That would be a difference. Well, me. today we are not talking about crystal meth or Barbie, but what we are talking about is how to navigate some potential challenges in relationship. And let me give you a uh, a little bit of a setup here so you understand the context in which we speak. So Kim and I have a rule that if on a scale of one to 10, it is a 10 for somebody, but it's not a 10 for the other person. The one who in all sincerity and all earnest, it is a 10 for the other person says, okay, look, it's a 10 for you. It's a six or a seven on a scale of one to 10 for me. I'll go your way. And that has served us pretty well. But 
when you come up against things that are a 10 for one person and maybe a one for the <laughs> other person, you have to do some work to be able to mitigate the potential downsides of both of them. So we thought what we would do today is give you a real life example of how we've navigated two examples actually, and uh, dealer's choice. Would you like to start with the baby or would you like to start with the California? Well, let's start with the baby. Because um, that, I I bet I can put you right back in state on this one. (laughs) You actually don't need to, but go ahead. So many moons ago, Rob and I were, actually, when we first started dating, you know, here's what some people may not know. When we first started dating in 2004, Rob had, at the time, a five-year-old and almost six-year-old. And um, she was, him and his previous wife divorced. She was living with the previous wife. And it was in kind of, um, I don't know, a sticky situation, let's call it. Let's not go into great detail here on that. Let's just say that Rob ended up winning custody of this little munchkin in rural Georgia while he was dating and not married to, but living with a 25-year-old. And that, that would be you. And that would be me. So, you know, not a lot of men win custody, but this one was kind of a slam dunk. So he won custody. And I remembered him saying to me, I don't initially, he was like, I don't really want another a kid, but if you're going to raise my daughter, if I get custody and you're going to raise her, then you absolutely deserve to have your own baby, you know? But that was kind of his an, or initial parameter around that. And I understood that going in. But then we ended up with custody, but it was so overwhelming. I was 25, 26, a mom, a stepmom in a really hairy situation. And we just kind of put that on pause because it wasn't a situation to bring a baby into at the time. But then once I got like 33, 34, you know, the clock started ticking and I started to really want to have a baby. And so I started to voice this to Rob. Now, now his daughter is like 14, 13, 14. He's seeing the light at the end of a very difficult tunnel. And he's like, we're almost free. I'm done, baby. Like, I free am bird. freaking <laughs> done. This little one is going to college. I'm going to be, we're going to be swinging singles again in the house. Yeah. We are going to have a good time, out of diapers, (laughs) out of adolescence, out of teenagehood. She's in college. And where is she going to college? California, where we live in Atlanta. She's 3,000 miles away. (laughs) He's like, we're going to be free. I'm done. I'm in the sun. I'm in the sun. And then I'm like, hey, honey, I want to have a baby. (laughs) You want to have a what? (laughs) I want to have a baby. Yeah, no. um, (laughs) I'm done. Um, And I don't want another one. And this is how it basically went for a while. And I really was sad about it. And he was really resistant to it because, you know, look, when you have a blended family and you have a really effed up situation for your first daughter, you don't necessarily want to repeat all of that pain and all of that crazy. And so he was ready to be done. And I can't really blame him. But I also wanted a baby. And I knew that my life would not be fulfilled if I did not have this child and I, or at least give it a shot. You know, I knew I would always have regret if I didn't give it a shot. And I was kind of approaching that time that it was either now or never. So 
I remember we would go and eat at this restaurant down the street. We would sit at the bar and we would talk about it. And most of the time it would end in me crying. Like it would end in some version of like drunk tears over a martini. Mm-hmm. And because it was, it was very real for me and very real that not real for him. He did not want this to be going down. So that was a big, big thorn in our relationship for quite a while. All right. So that is the challenge, right? That was our... That's Talk the, about a challenge. That's the cards <laughs> we were dealt. Now, how did, how we dealt with those cards is what we wanted to talk about today. So I... So number, let me be really honest though. Number, <laughs> number one, it was it was ill, it was unfair and it, it, not illogical. It was unfair for me to say, oh, raise my kid, you don't get one. That's not cool. I wasn't gonna do that. Simultaneously, I didn't want another fucking kid. <laughs> I just did not want a fucking kid, okay? I'm just gonna say it, I didn't. And, but I knew it was the right thing to do. So what, what we had to do was we had to find a way and this skill understand in this story, it doesn't matter if it's the kid or if if it's that other thing in your relationship, the method in which we came to, to solve this problem is applicable across all kinds of different disciplines. And so for us, we, we went to this particular French restaurant. I just, you know, you know how you remember things, right? You know, where you were when like, you know, when Kennedy was shot, um, <laughs> Um, I remember very specifically where, where we were. I can tell you what bar stool I was sitting on. I can at tell the bar. you what I was eating. <laughs> so we sat there and we just we went through it and I said, look, and she's like, okay, well, let's just let she Kim's a um, Kim solves puzzles. She's like a strategist. She sees the overview. And so she's like, okay, so what are all of the downsides? I was like, the downsides, let me begin. <laughs> and, you know, then we went back and forth with my older daughter's name is Demi. And we went back and forth with, you know, the conversation of, well, would you give Demi back? And I'm like, it doesn't work that way that we don't have this new one. So I'm not giving her back. And so there's not, <laughs> so we were having these illogical conversations. And then once, that passed, we we got into brass tacks of um, exactly how we could solve it. So I threw out all of the challenges. I said, Kim, we are we are sitting here right now at a restaurant because we're able to have a babysitter. We go out to dinner two or three times a week. Um, we travel whenever it is that we want to travel. And these first two to three years we're in freaking hell. I mean, like we are changing diapers. We That kid is not leaving us. I am going to be the guy that has bloodshot eyes that's carrying the, the, the stroll, you know, the, the, the stroller thing, whatever in his hand, the bassinet, what's it called? The thing, what's it called? The cradle. What's that thing? What's the thing called? The car Don't seat. Me, the car seat. I'm carrying the car seat and it's going to go on. My back hurts and I'm going to be carrying this car seat. It goes on for years. So, I can, I can Don't go on. Don't you love how he, that's what he went with. I'm having the fucking baby. Okay. okay? I <laughs> could go on and on and on with all of the reasons I didn't want one. I know the magic of a child. I'm not an idiot. I know, I, I also knew the challenges that it was going to have in relationship because you are stressed, you're tired, your time is split. 
And it's difficult. I don't believe that a child magically, people think, oh, I'm gonna have a child that's gonna improve our relationship. It doesn't. It adds a complexity to it and it brings a family component together. But in terms of the two of you getting closer because there's a kid, I've yet to see that happen with people. And, and if it's happened to you, God bless. I wish you all the best, but it hasn't been my experience. Well, okay. So here's, here's a situation, right? Rob is like, I don't wanna do this because he has a lot of fears about his freedom that he's on the horizon of, okay? And- Oh, sweet freedom. You were so close, Rob. You know, you remember when you were a kid and there was an ant and the ants, <laughs> you sat there for like an hour and you watched that motherfucker go across <laughs> the sidewalk and then you picked it back up and you went like that. And you started him and over. And you started him over again, yeah. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, you know, here's, here's the sitch, right? You've got me who wants a baby and I am digging my feet in, come hell or high water, I'm having a baby with you or without you. Mm -hmm. You got Rob going, I, I just don't wanna go through this again. And here's the thing that he did right. He never made me wrong for wanting to have a baby. He never made me wrong for the thing that I wanted. There was never a, well, you knew coming into this, like there was never that done. He really heard me out every day that I brought this up because I brought it up every day. I know women right now can relate to this. <laughs> the husbands can probably I, relate to. I prayed to dear, dear sweet Jesus that she would have a, she'd change her I mind. I would have an epiphany. She'd have an epiphany and say, you know what? I thought about it. Yeah. But so then we, once he was open to having the real conversation about it, we started communicating about the fears. And I was like, Rob, okay, tell me what, what are you afraid of? Where are the fears? And let's talk about how we can mitigate a lot of these situations. And so when I tell you for like at least two weeks, every time we went to dinner or every conversation in the car about this, it was like, okay, so we're driving home from work and we're hungry and it's 7.30 and the baby's got to go to bed, but we're hungry. You don't want to cook. Do we stop? And do we, do we let the baby sleep in the cradle? What do we do? Like, you know, running all of these scenarios, are we ever gonna travel? Are you gonna be, as soon as I have, I give you this baby, are you gonna say, I don't wanna travel because traveling with kids is hard? Like, are you gonna do this? Are you gonna do that? And like, you know, the reality of this situation is you're not gonna know the answers to any of those things intent until you're in the situation but you can talk about them in advance and try to mitigate the downsides. And that is what we did for, for weeks. I'll tell you another thing that helped me too in, in this area. So let me say this in two parts. The first part is for Kim, it was a 10 for her to have a baby, right? For me, it, it was, was a negative It was 10. a negative <laughs> 10, right? I didn't want it. So- because but it would, he does love you, Sophia, in case course, you're listening uh, no, to this in hindsight. <laughs> Sophia wasn't even like, there was no, there was nothing involved. So it, you know, there was, there was, she wasn't even like twinkling in my eye. <laughs> so because it was a 10 for her, look, I, want, I want to put this into the right words. I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to screw this up. So forgive me if I do, but she, it was so important for her to have this in her life. And she knew the struggles that I was going to have around around this area, that not only did she mitigate all of the downsides, but she took up most, if not all, of the slack of those downsides. For example, 
I could have very easily woken up in the middle of the night and she said, hey, look, I know this is not what you were after. You were very clear that this is not the place you want to be in your life. Don't worry about it. I really wanted this child and I'm really loving waking up, sitting in the rocking chair, nursing the baby. You do not. So she, she protected me in a way that made me feel like, oh shit, she's doing all of this. I need to step in and I need to do more. And she, the reverse never happens. The reverse was, do you think you can, you think one time you can help me out in the middle of the night? Sophia's going to be six years old. I've never gotten up one time in the middle of the night to tend, including today. She's still gets up in the middle of the night. But I don't make you wrong for not doing it because I don't have the expectation. Number one, when we were going through this and when Sophia was a baby, you were working full-time as a chiropractor. I was, but there were plenty of chiropractors that got up in the middle of the night coming exhausted. I understand that. I mean, you don't want to exactly be snapping somebody's (laughs) neck, you know, at 8 a.m. when you got three hours sleep. But the point is that there were, there were many days that I did not have work or we were on vacation or you're, you're being kinds. I could have done so much more than I did. But my point is- I didn't expect you to, and I didn't make you wrong for it. And that people ask us all the time, they really do, Darren White, ask us all the time, what makes our relationship so well, um, so good? And what it is, is that we don't make each other wrong for where we for where we are or what we do. I knew that Rob's thing was he didn't want to be exhausted all day. He wants to get great sleep. So I do everything in my power to protect him from that. And I acknowledge I wanted this. Now, the moment that munchkin was put into his arms, he fell madly deeply in love and you can just watch his social media and it's it's a fairy tale, right? But he still has things like I primarily, he walks her to school every single morning. It's very important to her, to her and him that he walks her to school, never misses a morning, doesn't matter what he has, but I pick her up. And I do most of the after school care and the brunt work. Why? Because again, like I don't look at this and go, oh, well, we're in a marriage and everything is 50 50. I don't feel that way. This is not horse trading. This is a family and this is something I enjoy doing. And this is where I step up. And if I need him to, I do. And if he's like, hey, I think I'm going to go take her today, I'm like, great, go do that. And, and, and it works because we don't make each other wrong for it. And what li- truly, what lights you up lights me up and vice versa. All right. So now we're going to switch gears. We're going to use an alternate example. And the alternate example is I have wanted to live in California since I came out of the womb. Okay. It is just something that is always, I'm one of these guys. I think if I had to diagnose myself, I have that thing, that sad thing, that seasonal associative disorder. I get depressed when the sky is gray. I want to like slip my wrists. I hate it. When it's blue sky, sunny, 70 degrees, and you know, there's the, the, the wafting salt in the air from the ocean. I am alive. I have always felt that way. Always wanted to be in California. So for me, it wasn't a 10, it was a 10,000, right? For Kim, she was neutral on it. She was like, yeah, I mean, like I could live here. How about Washington, D.C.? I was like, fucking Washington. Yeah, but no, 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 no. I wasn't neutral. I I became neutral, but I wasn't initially neutral. 
Initially, I had a lot of resistance because I thrive in culture, which is why I want to live in Italy, which is why I love Boston, which is why I love DC, which is I, I love things with culture. And I looked at California like, like Malibu Barbie and all the stereotypes of Southern California, which the reason there are stereotypes is because it's true. Like it's flip-flop, surfer girl, surfer guy, not a whole lot of culture. And, And like, when I say culture, I mean like European culture or something like that. That That's what I thrive on. So initially I was like, it's a nice place to visit, but do you really want to live there? Like that, doesn't that get old? So we looked at it and we said, okay, what I said, so tell me what it is that is super important to you. She's agree, She agreed like, look, I will go to California. It's not on the top of my list. I would rather go to Italy. I would rather go to Boston. I would rather go to a city that's rich in culture because for me, culture, this is Kim speaking, for me, culture is culture trumps no culture. So Culture I, trumps weather. Culture <laughs> trumps weather. Thank you. That's, yeah. that's what I was looking for. So- because she said, okay, look, I get it. It's a 10 for you. It's maybe like, it's not even, I, I don't even know how to rate it because it's not even on my radar. It's fine for me. But for me, it could be lateral going from Atlanta to here. Like it, it just doesn't make a difference. But I do have some, since it's a 10 for you and we are going to go, these are my concerns that need to be mitigated. And those concerns were things like, number one, schools because we had a baby, right? So she said, I need a 10 school. Well, when we were looking for schools, you know, we, I, I won't get into crazy detail on this because it doesn't, it's not, you know, it, it's not contextual to the story, but the schools in California in the areas that we were looking were not great initially. So then we had to find out, well, where is that area? Well, it was more than that. So I had three criteria, right? I wanted a house with a yard because we had always lived in a high rise and I knew Sophia is very active and a house with a yard was going to be key. Um, I didn't want to have to go down 20 floors to walk my dog. You know, I wanted that for our family. I wanted great schools. And because cost of living is so redonkulous out here, you can have a great private school, but when you're already paying, you know, an extra 30% on your rent or mortgage, and then you have to add private school on top of that, it becomes cost prohibitive. So it was like we like in in Rob had his own criteria like when i tell you this man wanted for 15 years to move to california he did but all of a sudden when like we start talking about it now if he's not within 3 quarters of a mile from a beach he's going to have a tizzy so it was like oh my god like he couldn't drive to the beach if his feet can't walk him there he wasn't moving and so we had real like imagine this right we had a budget we needed a yard, we needed a 10 school and Rob's needs to walk to the beach. And if he could see the ocean, that would be like even better, but he's willing to to have a peekaboo of the ocean or at least be able to walk there. And so that criteria right there, like I felt like we were, when we were trying to find a place here, I felt like we were on House Hunter House Hunters International listing out all this ridiculous we criteria. Were. And everybody kept telling us, that's not possible. Not in your price range. This is not possible. 
We were, and then what started to happen was I started finding things and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is great. This is gonna be perfect. And she'd go, no, the schools are shit. There's no backyard. And I'd be like, ah. And then I'd find another one. It was like, the backyard was great, but it's like five miles inland. I'm like, ah. And so we kept going back and forth, but here's the point. Well, the point, well then, the point is we never gave up. And so Rob was having a conversation one day with Lewis House and Lewis said, have you checked out Manhattan Beach and Hermosa? And then Nick Carter, have you checked out Manhattan and Beach Hermosa. And so we had come here a couple of times randomly, but we didn't really check it out. So Rob put the legwork in, not me, Rob, because he wanted to mitigate my downsides. And he came here, flew out here, walked around. Rented a golf cart. Rented a golf cart, drove around taking videos and sending it back to me. FaceTiming. <laughs> FaceTiming I me. broke into one house once. The, the, uh, they were flipping the house to the next people. And I just walked in like I own the place and I walked in and shot a, a FaceTime video. To show me what a 1,000 1, square foot house with a yard would look like, you know? And like he- You basically spin around and go, there's the backyard. <laughs> so he he tried to really mitigate everything. And so guess what? Consequently, we found a house with a yard in our price range. Rob can walk to the beach and we're on the block of Sophia's school. That is a 10 out of a 10. All right. So, so here's here's your prescription. One, step one. Don't make each other wrong. <laughs> well, step one is decide when you have conflict, decide scale of one to 10, where is this conflict for you? And don't bullshit the other person. If it's if you don't have a, as, as they say in the South, if you don't have a dog in that fight, then you don't have yeah, a dog in that. Yeah, don't fight just don't to be fight. right. Just, just like- And don't, bigger one, I'm gonna give you this one. Are you ready? I'm ready. I was talking to them, not oh, you. Oh, okay. How are they gonna answer you? Uh, um, dramatic okay. pause. Oh. Okay, here's, here's this. If your spouse says, this is what I would love and it's a 10 for them and it's really not a 10 for you, do not say, I'm not giving it to them because they didn't give me X. Mm. That is what happens. I've had this conversation with so many of my friends. Well, he wouldn't do that for me. Right, so I don't know, be the bigger person, <laughs> right? Like be the bigger my person. My God, you turned into your mother. Yeah, give give them what they want more. And did you like, did you notice? I, I We kind of glazed over it, but- when we were talking about the baby, when I gave you what you wanted, which was sleep, mm -hmm. you wanted to help me more mm -hmm. with the baby. Yeah, Give them what they want, help them get their goal. And I promise if you have a decent spouse, eventually they're gonna want that for you because it feels really good somebody's, to have Somebody's gotta start. Somebody has to start. So don't give me this BS about, well, they wouldn't do that for me. Well, then guess what? Divorce, okay? Because you're gonna be horse trading for the rest of your life. Step up and be the spouse you want to have. And then maybe your other spouse will, your other spouse, the other person will follow suit. That's another episode. Um, scale of uh, <laughs> scale of one to 10, decide where you are in importance. Give, give the person who is a 10, the, uh, give, give them what they want. Step two, find ways that you can mitigate the downside using the example we just gave you of the baby and the California. Well, that's it, everybody. For those of you that are interested in coming with us to Mykonos, you're out. Or America. <laughs> we are we are yeah. sold out of our work hard, play hard experience in Mykonos, Marrakesh. We will begin promoting next week. There's a few spots there. If you want to learn more about it, go to workhardplayhardexperience.com. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or 
their play hard game. It would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.